Welcome to On the Rise, Baker's Journal's new podcast that is focused on Spelt this week. I'm Naomi Saben, and with me in studio today is Jason Gray of Irex. Thank you so much for coming in today. Oh, thank you for having me. So today we'll be discussing different types of uh, fine pastry applications that are also gluten-free. Now, what kind of recommendations would you make for today's baker to go gluten-free or low glycemic? Well, the evolution of gluten-free really obviously means removing wheat, barley, rye products from your baked goods. Um, and so we spent a lot of time at Edex over the last decade trying to build up a portfolio of gluten-free products that sort of fit that, uh, pro- that niche. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to address the celiac disease, of course, and we understand that people that have celiac disease cannot uh, tolerate gluten. And so with that said, we've, we've put together about 40 different brands of products within our portfolio. So we're pretty excited about the range that it comes with. And we, it comes from, uh, you know, anywhere from uh, gluten-free cookie mix, brownies, uh, sponge cake mixes, right through to a, a wide range of different uh, bread bases uh, and mixes that we have that, that suit the gluten-free market. Um, really, the foundations of gluten-free are based off of things like, you know, uh, tapioca starch, potato starch, and then a variety of different other micro-ingredients to help sort of give you that um, baking that you would expect to get out of a normal wheat-based product. So mm-hmm. the real challenge with gluten-free is that the, the matrix of the product doesn't typically perform in the same level that, say, for instance, you would have in your general wheat products. And so it does require a lot of um, attention and probably just a little bit more uh, specificity on some of the baking techniques that you that you would use in order to get the results that you're looking for. And so we, we work closely with the bakers to help them achieve that. Mm-hmm. For instance, in many cases, it's often a combination of starches and flours that will give either the, uh, the mouthfeel or the texture or even just the overall look of a, a product. Um, what recommendations would you have for a baker who would want to start a line of gluten-free but also uh, you know something that's appealing something traditional looking or as close to traditional keeping in mind the limitations of gluten-free flours yeah one of the most critical things is is the usage of water and so what's really important is 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 hydrating the the mix and so what will happen naturally in a typical wheat product is that it hydrates very nicely whereas the gluten-free because it's not really flour based it's more starch based it doesn't hydrate as well so it's really imperative for the baker to make sure they get more of a liquid liquid product and then just apply some steam to the product as they're baking it because uh, again it really doesn't hydrate well so the more steam you add to it the more the product will pick up it will it will maintain its volume it'll get that nice um, structure inside and it allow it allows the the full ingredients to to sort of really like uh, to grow and bake in, in in performance and so what's critical is is, ju- is really is just that I mean it doesn't differ um, from products in terms of the time that you need to, to proof it and things like that but the addition of water is so very critical in uh, the performance of gluten-free products that's interesting because um, I know there is the discussion right now of sourdough which can have high hydration and some people claim that the gluten sensitive, obviously not celiacs, but people who claim to have a sensitivity to wheat products may feel a little bit better having a spelt-based sourdough. Well, that comes down to sort of the the trend behind the fermentation and how they're saying the fermentation has some advantageous uh, impacts for, again, your your stomach wealth. 
Uh, and so sourdough is, is starting to get a lot of credibility uh, again. I think it's one of those things that it seems to come and go and it had, it's had its big hits and then disappeared. But uh, yeah, I read a stat recently that one in every seven bread products being launched North America is is sourdough today. So yeah, sourdough is definitely on the rise and there's a lot of good um, information out there again about how it, it's, it's just better for your stomach in general. And so people, of course, are, are always fighting to find better health in, in every way, shape or form. So I, I have noticed that there's a, a lot more coming up in terms of artisanal sourdoughs, beautifully mm -hmm. crafted, beautifully carved uh, pieces. Uh, for instance, at uh, the bakery showcase last year, there were some absolutely lovely shaped uh, doughs like fugas and uh, wonderful old ancient grain breads. Um, what are some of the inspirations behind them? Well, I think that like any industry, people are always trying to come up with something creative and unique, right, that separates them from their competitors. Mm -hmm. And uh, sourdough is, is one of those things because it, it can, it's based off of a starter system and it's cultured and many bakers make their own sourdough. So it allows them to add some creativity to their products via their own sourdough. I think that's really the, the simplicity of it all is just trying to make sure that you have something that's different from the person that you're competing with. Yeah, you know, for instance, um, you know, how do you think, uh, you know, Erex's products would um, be found or really be appealing to somebody in traditional and modern uses? Well, Erex was founded in 1856 by a master brewer and master baker, uh, Mr. Johann Ruktaschel. And the whole essence of the company was really based off of sourdoughs and malts um, as it grew up. So we have over 160 years experience of making sourdoughs. And with that said, you know, some of the, the finest technology there is globally in terms of producing sourdoughs. And so we can create a, a wide variety of sourdoughs that give you different flavor, flavor profiles that come from different grains and also giving you different levels of acidity. So it allows the baker to sort of mix and match and be creative with our sourdoughs. Uh, we also uh, produce sourdoughs both in, in liquid and dry format. So again, another opportunity for bakers to sort of play around and create some different things. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely um, we're keen on the, that the sourdough trend is, is re-emerging because we sort of feel like we're one of the strong players in that particular business. Yeah. Um, would you say that the current trend towards artisanal baking is going back in time, that we're looking to past uh, inspirations? Yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, we, we, we touched on that earlier about how mm -hmm. ancient grains aren't so ancient anymore. They've now become sort of, you know, at the, at the front. And so I think it's, I think it's great. I think that, uh, that the consumer is taking more interest and more knowledge about the different grains and the different products out there that can bring them a healthier and a more creative and, and interesting diet. So, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot to be said for the, the quinoas and flaxes and the variety of different products that seem to be very prevalent in today's um, baking world. So uh, it allows us also as well to be creative in terms of de developing different products that uh, fit into that. Well, that's great. And, you know, for instance, uh, in our next episode, we could certainly touch on clean labels and how the consumer is affecting perceptions of health and labeling in uh, bakery products and how a baker can work to market their own products with that in mind. So thank you again for coming in today. And this has been Jason Gray of Erex, and I'm Naomi Saben. Thank you again for tuning in. Mm -hmm.